Shut up and sit down. Well, welcome back to When the Wind Blows. This is an epic podcast for parents, teachers, leaders, anyone vested in the world of education. I am Erin Barnes, and I'm your host of When the Wind Blows. And today, I've got a pretty awesome special co-host. This person, when I first became a principal, uh, and I saw that she was on my roster, I probably did the biggest happy dance. I was giddy. And then within 24 hours, she said, you know what? My heart is with these kids and I can't be on your team and be with these kids. I'm so sorry. And I, I was crushed. Not going to lie. Going to be, I was crushed. Um, and then last school year, I got the opportunity to work with her again and, uh, and we've been fighting battles and winning them and slaying dragons since last year, like I knew we would be. Gretchen Clarkson, welcome to the show. Thank you for being my guest today. God, that was an introduction. Thank you so much for your kind words. I was like, well, don't stop there. I mean, keep going. You're beautiful. You are smart. I am not attractive. Um. (laughs) You are one of my most favorite people to work for. And so I am just super happy that we get to chill out and talk today about all of the things. Yes. So when uh, when this topic came up, I wanted somebody who knew, oh my gosh, my world is going crazy over here. So I apologize about all the dings coming through on the podcast. Um, you, you don't need to check your phone. It's my phone going nuts. Just so we're all clear. Shut up, people. Um, okay, so um, you you've worked in Reged. You've worked in Sped. And I really wanted someone who had a, a, a super um, deep knowledge of SPED to be able to have this conversation with me because we can reg-ed this conversation any day of the week. And we, we still have all kinds of outliers in the reg-ed world. But in the SPED world, when you talk about self-pacing, um, sometimes it's like, well, this is schooling is just not fair, uh, you know, and, and I wanted to just kind of like everything out that there was because I mean this this podcast goes to students and parents and teachers and and then our admin as well we have to be able to speak truths over each of those different avenues and so I wanted somebody who's done it all and you've done it all um tell me let me let me back up what brought you to epic how long have you been here and what is your current role so this is my seventh school year that we'll be going into. This will be the start of my seventh school year with Epic. I started off as a special ed teacher, uh, moved to Reg Ed for maybe that quick 24 hours that I was on your team. (laughs) And then I realized that I couldn't keep one of my special ed students that was a senior. And I really felt like to get him across the finish line, I needed to stay with him and and see that through. He was also my very first student that I ever got. So you know, we really had a connection and kind of grew up together in Epic. Um, 
So moving back to SPED, then last year I transitioned to the admin role and became a business analyst on the tech team, which is really the coolest job in, in the whole organization, if I'm, if I'm allowed to say that. And now I am an instructional design team lead, so we are creating our own Epic-branded curriculum. Dropping so exciting. In. So exciting. Because <laughs> we've we, that for a long time. So we've wanted I'm this for forever. I'm excited to do it. Yes, and you are you are the best person for that job. Like, I know there's a team and, and stuff, but but I could not think of anybody that I'd trust more. Um, with, with an epic curriculum, maybe Kristen Disney, but she's doing that yeah. thing on another team. So I, uh, you know, I, I feel like the perfect people have been put into place to do these jobs. And I'm so excited about what you're going to bring. Um, why epic? Well, I mean, <laughs> why okay, in the world? Is, I'm going to give a really long story in a very quick, um, quick synopsis of this <laughs> tale. I was burned out, overworked, um, working in a corporate job, um, on like this mission from God, I quit everything. I quit volunteering everywhere. I could quit serving everywhere. I quit my job. I was a single mom at the time. I had savings account and a prayer and that was it. And I literally lived on that for about five or six months. It was September and I started to think, oh my gosh, I probably ought to get a job soon because my <laughs> savings account was dwindling. I happened to see two of my very good friends on Facebook posting that it was the first day of school and I thought, I really need to teach again. Like, this is where my heart is. This is where I need to be. And I said, where are you teaching that you can be at Panera Bread on the first day of school <laughs> working? And so they said at Epic and I applied that day. I think I was hired two days later. Boom. And here I am. That's pretty awesome. Um, no, that's, yeah. that's, that's wicked awesome. I love that. Uh, the, the world is, is cruel. Um, and it, it's funny that you left a job that you were overworked at and came to a job, which I have no doubt you work harder than you've ever worked in your entire life. But when it's a passion, it doesn't yes. seem so much like work sometimes. Yeah, I, it's, it's being a servant and helping other people really fuels me. And so I can easily work 60 hours a week at this job and not feel burned out um, because you're doing we're doing what matters. Yeah. You know, in our heart and into the world and into the future of our 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 country. So so yeah, definitely makes it easier. I wanted to talk self-pacing today. We are in the planning phase of this podcast. Like we're July and August, we're talking about planning the school year. And so as we are talking about planning, I really wanted to have the conversation on self-pacing because, um, well, we, we hear it all the time, you know, how is this possible if this is a self-pacing? Why do I have to this if we are really just self-pacing? And I, uh, I kind of wanted to just talk about what is self-pacing, um, what can it be, what should it be, and, uh, and put some parameters <laughs> to the self portion of pacing. Um, so let's kind of unpack pacing. What is pacing according to Gretchen? Well, I think in the general term of just pacing, it would be the standard format or timing 
that we want our students to complete their course so that they can fit within the actual school calendar. So, I mean, that's really the general pacing. When we look at self-pacing, I think that's different. Yeah. Well, and in the brick and mortar world, um, I mean, use, and well, I guess the, the board and the principal set the, the, you know, and the state department set the what needs to be taught, but it was kind of up to Gretchen in her classroom to decide mm-hmm. what pacing looked like. And, and you taught it and the kids just kind of followed you along. Now that we give upfront the entire school year to students and it's on them to work through that content with us as kind of their their guide on the side. Um, how did you how did you help a student decide how many assignments to do in a day? How much? Uh, what percentage complete? What? How did you help kiddos decide what pacing should look like? You know, I think for the first maybe two years that I was Epic, I had no idea. I was kind of like hearing things that my principals would say, like your students need to do 6% a week or whatever, you know, I mean, kind of this blanket answer. And and the the longer I I was a teacher at Epic, I started to really understand that's not specific enough for a student to be successful. So we started to really begin our year setting up procedures, like um, what, how much time are you going to spend on school, when are you going to spend that time? And really kind of establishing a schedule because there's some parents that will naturally do that for their students, but there's also parents out there that are maybe more hands-off or it's a high school student or, or a middle school student and they, you know, are kind of like, you just get, get it done. I don't care how. So, you know, the teacher, I think at that point needs to kind of step in and go, okay, well, let's, if you don't have a plan, let's make a plan. So, A lot of my kids, they do math Monday, Tuesday, a different subject, you know, or we would do math every day and then we'd rotate, you know, English just on one day a week and they would kind of work through until they got to a certain spot in their curriculum. Um, And then later on, um, my co-op created their own curriculum. And so we had specific things like this is what you do Monday and this is what you do Tuesday and kind of, you know, so we, we really held their hand along the way showing them kind of a virtual classroom setting where we were guiding them through and holding their hand. Um, But there were certain kids that would take longer to do things and some kids that would fly through. And I think that's where the self-pacing comes into play. And that's what's beautiful about Epic, that we can work with either one of those types of students. Why is is self-pacing so important, do you think? Well... One of the things that I really love about Epic is that students that are really bright or super into specific subjects can take the time to really dig into it. So I think giving them the space to really dive into a subject a little bit more than they would be allowed to if they were in a brick and mortar class where, you know, they have to stop and move on when the teacher says they have to stop and move on. So I think that's really wonderful. As far as SPED students, you know, they need a little bit longer sometimes. It just takes, you know, more repetition. And so giving that freedom to go, okay, you're not ready to move on. Let's keep, let's keep working on this until you feel like you are. So I think that's, um, that's really one of the more, the important pieces about the self-pacing part. Yeah. Uh, I know I was held back in fourth grade. Um, Mm -hmm. and, 
I I think if there there are lots of Aaron insert your educational story here mm-hmm. moments through the podcast, but if I had just had a couple more months versus having to do the entire year again, right. who knows? You know, who knows? Uh, but I think self-pacing gives students the opportunity to experience and feel what true mastery feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Sal Khan says in his book, you know, a kid makes an 80% on a test and, and we're kind of, you know, celebrating or an 85, we're celebrating because they passed the test, you know. But what's the 15 or 20% they didn't get? And is that 15 or 20% um, going to be a foundational or a building block that is needed on the next lesson or the next unit, you know? And so experiencing true mastery is something that I don't think a lot of people get to experience until adulthood when you're kind of lined up in, in that career. Um, for students who haven't experienced that joy, it can have a profound effect on their confidence. Um, and I also think that kids are typically better prepared for college when they learn how to self-regulate versus mm-hmm. somebody saying, this is due on Friday, this is due on Wednesday, this is, you know, um, we, we have to build a contra- culture of responsibility. And, and I, I think that's something that Epic is, is doing really well, is setting kids up for future success. Uh, whether it takes two years to figure out what self-pacing looks like or you get it the first week, um, finding a way to regulate yourself is obviously, you know, self-actualization really. Yeah, I did. Um, I, I heard this and I wish I could remember where I heard it, but it said, you know, if you're needing your kids to do something, you don't just say, you know, did you do your school or, you know, something like that, but you kind of give, give them the power or empower them to kind of take ownership of it. So you, you ask questions like, um, what do you need to do to complete your school today? Or what all do you have on your plate today? Or, you know, what do you need to do to stay on pace? So if parents can can kind of reframe their questioning yeah. of, of when they're checking in with their students about school, I think that that kind of allows the student a little bit more control over what they're doing and how they're doing it. You know, and I know um, I have a friend who had done traditional homeschooling before she had come to Epic. Mm-hmm. And every year, her month of July, she was like, uh, she, I would just, I remember her Facebook posts would come and she's like, all right, finally, the, the year is planned. And I just thought, wow, how much work, you know? And then I got into Epic and I, I was like, oh, okay. So it does take the month of July sometimes to get that year planned out. Um, but I also think we have to have flexibility in that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you need an extra two days on a topic or you need a quiz reset, uh, because you made an 80 and you, you really want that 90 or that 100. Um, I mean, I guess as a teacher, I, I realized what I just said, that would get inundating if I were resetting, yeah. uh, 85s regularly to get that 100. But, um, <laughs> But I think that mastery is so stinking important. Um, we, we, we just we have Swiss Swiss cheese for brains sometimes, and those those holes really impact you know future future dates. So, um, absolutely. Do you think self pacing can have a negative impact on student mastery? Um, definitely. I mean, I look at it in what well two ways, I guess. So for example, if a student is, you know, not self-regulating, 
with their pacing, they can get behind. Yeah. And then, you know, in order to go ahead and stay within the school year, if they want to complete that, then all of a sudden they're in a rush. And when you're in a rush, just trying to complete, you're not getting that mastery. You're just not. No. I mean, because they're, they're at that point just regurgitating what they what they learned five minutes ago and trying to move on to the next thing to get it going. So they're really not learning. Right. And that happens a lot at Epic. I mean, you see at the end of the semester, there'll be, there were, I had a lot of kids on my roster that would, I'd be like, okay, look, you're down to the wire. You got, <laughs> you got to get a lot done now. Yeah. Um, you know, but those students are not mastering those topics. So I think that definitely, if they're not regulating their self-pacing, then um, it can have, have a negative impact. In addition, I think if you have kids that are highly motivated and moving very quickly, they too may not be fully getting that true understanding of the topic. So this um, is, I think, where teachers can and should step in and, yes. and have discussions, have some sort of right. other formative assessment, you know, build a project, let's make a video. <laughs> Where you're, you're having to explain um, what it is you've learned versus just remember A, B, C, D, you know, uh, one, two, three, four. So, Yeah, for sure. I did a lot of project-based learning because um, I really wanted my students to not just read something and answer questions about it, but I wanted them to kind of synthesize what they're understanding and learning and really um, show me through some kind of, you know, unique method. And I, I had a lot of success with that. And I also saw better pacing with, with my students once I started including that stuff because they were engaging lessons. They were more fun. Yeah. You know, they weren't just cut and dry and black and white and boring. Well, you know? and differentiation in and approaches um, make for not getting burned out. I mean, I, if I were to look at a curriculum only, like at Apex, Edgenuity, Play-Doh, whatever it is, if I were to only look at that in and out all day, every day, I would probably start to go a little nuts. I, I need a project. I need a, yeah. a, a TED Talk to listen to or, you know, some sort of engaging activity that, that differentiates uh, the learning. I mean, not all of it. Life isn't going to be Apex or Play-Doh, you know. Mm-hmm. Life is going to have different things. Um, and then, shoot, how many, how, many, how many roles have you had here at Epic? Um, like titles? Sure. Okay. And, and were each of those jobs different from each other, even though you were doing this, you're working at the same school? Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Significantly. Right. And the reason I came to admin is because I was like, well, I feel like I've kind of done everything I need to do where I want to do as a teacher. I need to do something different. Yeah. I mean, I think kids are definitely feeling the same way and it's, you know, when they get an opportunity to learn in a different way, I think that that really does tie back to self-pacing because that makes them excited to open up their computer or their notebook or whatever and get started. I think we start to see self-pacing drop off when the kids are bored. Yes. No, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. How do you motivate a kiddo who is behind pace for whatever reason? What maybe it's, maybe it is that they, they are trying to truly master it. Maybe it is that they're bored with the content. How do you motivate kiddos who are behind pace to kind of get caught up? For me, it was really about FaceTime. I mean, I just went and spent time with that kid 
you know, sometimes these students, they're just, they're at home alone. You know, I mean, I, I, I guess I generalize students as like secondary more because I'm kind of, I fall more on that spectrum as a, as a high school, middle school teacher. But um, even the little kids, you know, they, their parents may be busy with lots of other little, you know, their siblings and whatnot. So, you know, these students love getting all the attention. And so just sitting next to a student and working through stuff with them and talking to them, I think really makes a big impact on their pacing. You're then able to kind of control a little bit of that pacing yourself because you're with them and you're kind of making sure that it's getting done. But you're also re-engaging that student in what they should be doing and making it fun again. Yeah, I I remember um, I was in a Zoom meeting with a, I think the kiddo was like fourth grade. Uh, this was a few years back and, um, little brother came with this little like hippopotamus toy. Maybe it was a rhinoceros. Yeah. Cause I think it had, I think it had the, the horn on the front. So he had yeah. a rhinoceros toy and he was like on the other side of the computer, but moving it right in front of the camera. And I thought, Oh my gosh, if this is every single day for this kiddo, it's going to be hard. You know, um, a lot of these kiddos are watching siblings play or hear a TV going in the background Mm -hmm. or whatever. And I think in this world, I I need some noise. And so you, you heard in the last episode and we dropped the link to the YouTube channel that I listen to every day, all day. I am listening to lo-fi study beats every day, all day. Um, But whether I'm reading or doing the dishes or working or my kids are doing schoolwork, that's just kind of on as ambient background music so that the TV doesn't get on so that we don't start watching TikTok or, you know, Facebook or whatever. And it keeps us focused and together, but you've got to have an environment where, especially if the kiddos start getting behind, they've Mm -hmm. got to have an environment where they can get into the schoolwork and and do that schoolwork. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's really a difficult thing. And especially coming out of this COVID year where so many people started working from home during, you know, every, while everything was being shut down, I think um, people have a new understanding now of what it's like to really have to separate (laughs) your working space from your personal space. Yes. There's just an adjustment for students that come into Epic, it, it's just something that they have to understand. And, and I think it's better if students have kind of a set place. I mean, I know for me personally, because I'm mostly remote, I actually have two spots that I work in. And so I have one spot that is like, okay, I'm tired of sitting in this spot and I move over to this one for like a breath of fresh air, you know? Yeah. And so people will be Zooming with me and they'll be like, oh, you're sitting over here today. And, oh, you're sitting over there. But I think students need that too. Like, I have this one spot in my house that's really my office area and that's where I get everything done. But if I'm feeling real wiggly, I go sit in a different spot. I think just having some, some consistency of environment is really helpful for kids to kind of get in the zone of their education. Gosh. And you just said that. And so, uh, two years ago I bought a she shed. I hate the word she shed. I really (laughs) wish like that, I don't remember which insurance commercial came out with it, but anyway, I bought the she shed and made it my office and it was just a little too cold. I couldn't get my heater quite warm enough in the the winter time. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to move back in the house. 
and we kind of have a cooperative uh, that that meets here at my house. And so mm-hmm. I move into the house, and I'm in the middle of the living room because I, I I don't I'm not a principal anymore. I don't have to be in meetings all day yeah. long. But then I was in just enough meetings, um, and I, and I'm taking this like thinking about a student who may have to zoom every other day with their their teacher or you know with get into an epic live class or whatever it might be i was just enough that i was displaced every single time i had to had take a phone call or be on a zoom call and i just thought i need a dedicated space again this is this being all over the place is not working um so i i do have an office now um my amazing awesome he's like not here to hear all this but he he gave up his his little manhole or whatever to give me this this office space but I am so productive here now uh having a space that I can call my own that's not my bedroom that's not my living room um and it's a place that you can leave when you're done which I think is super important and something that maybe people don't really acknowledge. Yeah. You know, you're at home all the time and you're doing at school or you're working at home all the time. You need to have a place that you can leave to actually go home. Yeah. (laughs) And students need that too. So they can transition. So they don't just always feel like they're doing school at home. They can kind of go to their own classroom area and then Yeah. And I mean, gosh, that's like, and it's all dawning on me right now in this conversation, like using that school computer for YouTube when you're done with your schoolwork or whatever, you know, it is gaming. uh, I think my kids used to play Minecraft on theirs. You know, there's got to be a separation there too, please. And so we finally were like, listen, if you want to watch YouTube, do it, but do it on the television or do it somewhere else that's not on this device because this is your device for school and and stuff like that. So, and I think sometimes just having a frank conversation, um, about what is it that we're trying to accomplish, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and to motivate these kiddos that are behind pace, sometimes you got to have that conversation of, okay, for what it's worth, self-pacing is real and you can go as slowly as you need to go. But at this pace, realistically, you're going to be a seventh grader next year also. You know, yeah. having having direct conversations, um, I don't know. I don't know that they happen enough sometimes. And maybe I'm not sensitive enough. How would you feel if you no, were being told I that? Mean, no, I mean, I feel like I'm pretty nurturing. I mean, I'm not a huge nurturer, which is why, like, the little kids weren't necessarily my jam, but... Um, but I definitely think that is, um, that's fair to say if you have a kid that's, that's really unengaged and they're just not kind of managing their time or their, the expectations well, and the parents are, you know, on board or not on board, but they can't get any results out of the student. I think it's fair to say, you know, you can continue this pace. That's your choice, but you're going to have to keep doing this next year yeah. <laughs> or you're going to end up graduating when you're 19. You know, all of your friends are going to be going to college and you're going to be still in high school. You know, I mean, and I think that I know that I've had conversations like that with some of my students and it has been eye opening for them whenever they hear it that way. Did you ever have any parents who um, made a consequence uh, until mm-hmm. their kid? I mean, so what are, what, 
what are some consequences that have maybe worked in the past that parents can pull out of their bag of tricks, or maybe they didn't realize they had a bag of tricks that could impact uh, whether or not their students could stay on pace? What, what are some of the things you've seen over the years? Gosh, I've had some really, really good parents. Um, one of mine that came to mind right when you said that was um, he was a, well, I had him all through middle school and most of high school but he just wasn't allowed to do any free time activities until he finished what was expected for the day. And the parent, he had to go show the parent and check in and kind of, you know, show exactly that what he had done that day. He had to show his progress to the teacher or to the parent. And listen, I'm, I got four kids of my own. I understand how labor intensive that is on the parent side. Because it is really hard on the parent to stay on that Gosh, and keep that. Yeah. It is a lot of work to be like, okay, no, you can't do that until you show me. And to take the time to sit and check your kid's work, it, it is. But it is better for the kid whenever you have parents that are engaged like that. Um, I had parents that would take away different, you know, gaming stuff or phones or, you know, um, I had, I mean, gosh, I think I've seen it all, but I think those were some of the most effective ones. I had a parent, uh, they removed the door to the bedroom. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. That um, that can get, you know, tiring as well. And, and so sure. the kiddo worked to get everything caught up pretty quickly so that they could get their door back. I can imagine. I've had to lock down computers too, where they could only access their website, you know, the, their curriculum side or sites that I gave them access to because they were, you know, on YouTube or playing Minecraft. Yeah. Uh, so on the flip side, have you ever had kids finish early because of self-pacing mm-hmm. and, and what did that look like? Yes, um, definitely. I've had some really, really brilliant students, high school students that just were motivated for whatever, just intrinsically <laughs> motivated to to do their best. And so they almost always finish first and they kind of had it in their head that they could start their summer break whenever they finished. So, you know, there, there were several of those that they would start or they would finish in you know, April or, or so, you know, not significantly early, but a little early. And then they would, you know, start their summer job early and try to make some extra money or, Heck yeah. um, uh, I have one girl who, who wanted to finish and she was taking concurrent cause she wants to be a doctor someday. So she was like really wanting to get some of those college courses out of the way. So she wouldn't be, you know, 35 by the time she graduated <laughs> from, from doctor school or what do you call that? Medical, Medical school. school. Thank you. <laughs> Doctor school. I'm a real good teacher for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think because that's, uh, you go to four years of college, then you got to go to med school and then you got residency. And then if right. you got a specialty, you, I mean, you know like, specialty, I'm right. 75 and I'm on my own cousin now. For that doctor schooling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any last thoughts on pacing and self-pacing that you think we haven't covered yet? Um, I guess if there's any parents listening, I feel like it's just you, you have a lot of power to kind of 
help your students through this process and allow them to, to build their confidence with self-pacing. Don't take that lightly. Like the reason you came to Epic is because you knew that this was going to be the best choice for your kid. And, and by allowing them to self-pace appropriately, you're really giving them such a gift that will last their whole life. So I think that's kind of my little spiel. I love it. Uh, well, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, I hope you come back again before season three. Like maybe you can come on for again sure. second semester. Thanks for having me. <laughs> All right. Well, tune in next week where we are rethinking how leadership and education can better prepare the next generation for a rapidly evolving world.